big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 2523. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. Their website is mrvickies.co.uk. If you want to contact the guys, email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to New Workwear. Uh, they are an agile and dedicated workwear provider launched in 2018. For more information, go to the website newworkwear.com. Big thanks, as always, to Media Arts for the help with the video side of things. If you want to support the channel, hit the subscribe button, become a subscriber today. Hit the thumb up under the video, which likes the video, and click share to share to your other social media. Click join if you want to become a member of the channel for as little as $1.99. Or take a one-off payment uh, for the cult membership. You can get in via this QR code if you've got a smartphone. Or look for membership pack on the website, nufcmatters.com. What do you get for your one-off £25 payment? You get a scarf, a pen, and a cup, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, if you want a car sticker, all you need to do is subscribe to the show, and then email John at NUFC Matters, and he will post you a free car sticker out. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And we also support the Food Bank on this channel. NUFCFansFoodBank.co.uk is the virtual match day bucket where you can make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. The new Alan Shearer raffle is underway. 150 tickets at a pound a ticket. You could win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball from the 260 dinner. Enter now at NUFCMatters.com. We've got a few events coming up. August the 5th sees Gavin Peacock at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £10, and you can get them now from nufcmatters.com. Our Christmas event takes place on the 7th of December at the Tyneside Irish Centre, and that's an evening with Frank Clark. Tickets are £15 and available from nufcmatters.com. Finally, Waddle, Keegan, Beardsley and Friends, the class of 84, is on at the Town Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road in Newcastle on Thursday, January the 25th. Tickets are now available from the Town Theatre and Opera House or telephone 0844 2491 000. That's the box office telephone number 0844 2491 000. Good afternoon. Welcome to When UFC Matters. Delighted to be joined by Liam Kennedy. How are you, Liam? I'm all right. I'm just sitting here. I don't know if you noticed because you can normally see me in the waiting room there, Steve. I'm like sitting tapping away because this today we are within a working day and I'm actually sitting subbing somebody's copy. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was still singing away. And it feels all right. <laughs> tapping away. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, great to see you, Liam. As always, uh, we've got an hour to try and put the world to rights with Newcastle United. Uh, as always, we do put a request out onto Twitter first uh, if people can't watch the show live. Didn't get massive amounts of questions. Got uh, got four. Uh, so Stuart Taylor, uh, he was first in. He says, How, uh, hi, Liam, do you think our first signing will be low-key to hide our spending hand? Or do you feel we'll go big and make a statement to show everyone we mean business? Uh, I don't think there's any kind of strategy when it comes to those kind of things. 
They'll sign who they can sign, when they can sign them. I don't think there's a strategy to say, I mean, just, let's just play that one out. You get the chance to sign the, the player you've waited all, you've waited two years, you've been looking, oh, he's the one we definitely want to sign. But if you don't sign him by next week, he doesn't sign at all. So what are you going to do? Oh, no, but we've got a strategy. We've got a strategy where we're going to go low-key instead. And then we'll, we'll throw that and we'll, that deal might be gone by the time you decide to, to make it. So I think using common sense, um, there will be no strategy in that regards. Um, because, like I say, players, players' availability uh, ebbs and flows in summers. There might be somebody who now is sitting here has absolutely been told you are gone. Like literally, go and find yourself another club. Um, and first week they might not have found another club. But first week of preseason says two players in that same position. One of them get a three month injury, and another one a six weeks. And then all of a sudden, that transfer that was nailed on to be probably gone in the first few days of the window might end up leaving on the last day or not leaving at all of the transfer window. So, like I say, these things can ebb, flow. And I think the positive that I would take from uh, Newcastle's strategy, if there is to be one, is that they're always ready. Um, they, they make their preparations. They know who they want, but they're also quite... Um, aim, what's the word? I can't think of the word. They're quite uh, sort of pragmatic when it comes to reacting to things. If they see somebody, they think, well, he wasn't on the original list, but the manager likes him and we think he fits the, the values and everything, then... Um, They'll go for it and they'll make that deal. Alexander Isak probably last summer was the key uh, example of that. They went in for him earlier in the summer with a really, like, probably a bid in the region of half what they ended up paying. And I'm not 100% convinced he was the man. I'm not not 100% convinced he was the striker that they really had earmarked as number one target. But as the summer goes on, you see an injury to Callum Wilson, then all of a sudden they end up paying a lot more for him than, than they originally had wanted to pay. But it worked. And that was just about being reacting to situations, seeing what's needed, back in the manager, back in their own judgment on players, because he was on the he was on the list of players that they thought was perfect for the club, just that he wasn't at the very top of it. Um and and you know, you can't complain that they ended up paying that kind of money. But so what I would say with regard to strategy is they have broad strategies, but if they think they can improve this team in any way, shape or form, they'll go out there and do it. And I think we've seen this week, and I will underline this one, when the Saudis want something, they tend to get it. So let's just sit back and relax and enjoy the next few years because good things are coming. Yeah, it's the kind of message I keep trying to push out there, whether it's on the show, whether it's in a WhatsApp group, but it's the same, same kind of uh, same kind of rhetoric that I come out with. So, uh, yeah, we're on the same page, mate. Mick Gilchrist on Twitter says, question for Liam, what's his thoughts on the Neymar to Chelsea rumour? Follow-up would then be financial fair play ever be an issue as certain clubs don't seem to care. Well, I'd heard he was signing for Al Itahad. Then he was getting loaned to Newcastle United for the end of the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. That'll end up on MSN or something, mate. It'll end up. That'll oh, end up all. It'll be. It'll be a, a little ticker tape on Sky. Yeah, I definitely. I can see. I can see that one popping up on news now somewhere. Uh, Newcastle United journalist reveals yes. <laughs> like story. <laughs> yeah, that was absolute. What I've just said is absolute rubbish. So no, no, no. Just don't take that out of context. Any um, page view hounds out there, which I know they do tend to stroll these shows. Uh, Neymar to Chelsea? Don't really care. I'll be brutally honest with you. I know I'm not trying to sound harsh with a question. I literally, any other team's takeover, any other team's business this summer, I've got no care in the world about. I think I'm only interested in what Newcastle United are going to do. And I think we'll have a stronger squad by the end of this window. We'll have a stronger squad, I would imagine, by the end of the January window and the next summer, and we'll slowly get better and better and better. Now, the, the trajectory of Newcastle United in the last 80 months has been, I mean, I was going to say like this, but it's been more that, hasn't it, really? It's been yeah. incredible, incredible, to be honest. Um, it wouldn't surprise us if it went from being a bit like that to a little bit more that now. Mm-hmm. Because taking that next step to then get... Did you like that one, Steve? He's looking at the yeah, comments. I'm just laughing because I just don't know what nurse is going to get made of this by Albert, who often watches the shows. <laughs> right, he's right. Gonna, he's probably going to have you as the t- the tic-tac t- man or whatever he's called it, the betting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or he's going to have you landing planes. 
<laughs> right. Um, I think I've even lost what I was saying there. I th- it wouldn't surprise if there's a little bit of, a little bit of stagnation because taking the next step. I mean, what what is the next step from getting to a cup final and finishing fourth in the league? It's it's becoming challenges. I do think the squad is a little way off doing that. So I think expecting them to then take another step into that bracket would be huge. And I think it would take a bigger summer than I imagine is probably going to be on the cards to to do that. Um, so look, it's probably going to be five in the Champions League next season, top eight in Europe. I think if Newcastle can make sure they finish, if they can finish top six again, like I say, if it's fifth, they're still in the Champions League. If it's sixth, Europa League, and let's go again the season after. That's the way I would sort of see things because the squad isn't huge. It's going to be tough for them to to kind of maintain the levels that they have week in, week out with having the midweek games, although they're a robust squad, haven't had a whole lot of injuries, touch wood, um, this season, uh, barring the obvious. But I think you probably need, you'd probably be looking at some I've signed as six, seven quality, real quality players. Um, yeah, sorry, I think I actually just I'm looking at that comment there and I think that's it's probably my terminology, not very good. So not stagnation. Stagnation sounds so negative, but that's essentially what I meant. A plateau is a much more rounded way of describing it. Maybe you should get a job on here. <laughs> Definitely hired. Ian, you're hired. Um, okay, uh, moving on to the final question on uh, Twitter from Daryl. He says, any news on how they're going to get rid of Ryan Fraser from the wage bill? He says, might it be a case they might have to pay him up to move him on as a free agent? I mean, that could be the, you could say the same for maybe one or two others, I guess. But um, any news? Because usually you get outgoings first. Any any news of any potential outgoings? Ryan Fraser is a tough one, you know, because I think there is likely to be quite a lot of reasonably interested clubs who would take a Ryan Fraser off the hands. Mm. But because of the nature in which he was signed, uh, he's on massive wages for the player that he is, and and it's just it's difficult. There were some criminally high amounts handed out to uh, players under the last regime, which might sound surprising, but when you look at the, the players within the squad now, you'd be astounded by what some of them are on and others that play much more prominent roles are actually on compared mm-hmm. to what is suggested in the media. Um, I, I think Ryan Fraser might be a tough one to get rid of and it might be another one of... Look, Jeff Hendricks landing back on that lap again this summer. Another one who was signed in the same manner. Free transfer as a result of no transfer fee was given a good contract, really good contract. You just aren't in what level of a footballer is Jeff Hendrick? Probably where he was last season in the championship. You ain't got to get any championship clubs paying anybody 50 grand. Not ones who aren't already dropping out the Premier League and sucking up the parachute payments. So I just think Ryan Fraser could be a really tough one. But I as a player, I think there will be quite a lot of clubs interested in taking Ryan Fraser. Look, it was only 12 months ago he was a major part of this squad. He was a starting player. Uh, Miggy Almiron and others couldn't get in the team for, for Ryan Fraser. He was he was playing really, really well. His best period, I would say. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's going to be, as always, one of the biggest challenges. You've seen um, people in and around the club talking about the idea of trading and how Newcastle United this summer has to be a good trading platform. So we can all sit here and talk about who was signing, we want to sign him, 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 him. Most football clubs, so you look at the Chelsea model, Chelsea, everyone goes on about the 500 million that they spend. If Chelsea need to, they will easily be able to recoup two to 300 million this summer by selling players. Newcastle United would be lucky to recoup 20 to 30 million selling players that's the difference we can't go out and spend infinitely without either bringing massively increasing uh, revenues which hasn't happened yet but will happen in time or sell players so that probably then brings you into a bracket and saying how can you be cute and clever and bring a little bit more money in um, from players who you can maybe afford to lose but are still saleable and still interesting other clubs. Alan St. Maximin falls into that one. I've mentioned Miguel Almiron. I think he falls into that category. And that's not saying I, I dislike either player or want either to leave. I'm just saying you've got to be realistic and think, what can you make any money off somebody 
I don't necessarily mean make money on what they paid. It doesn't always, the financial value and when it comes to accounts doesn't work like that. It's more about if they can get uh, on the books, if they can get more money for somebody than what they're actually worth on the books, which won't, which kind of equates to the length of that contract, um, what was paid for them, etc. rather than Alan St. Maximin is worth 30 million and that's what he's, that's what he's worth to Newcastle United is on the books. Doesn't work like that. So if they can get rid of him for 25, 30 million, which I think again, I think would be asking a lot, but if they could do that, then that would be that would be positive business because you'd be getting rid of a player who I, I'm I'm just going off the top of my head, started possibly twelve games last season to fifth probably something like that. Mostly uses a substitute, very low assists, very low goals return, wasn't a starter. Um, in a full strength team, you could maybe commit. It's much easier to do that when you're building a team than than have to take a Bruno out and start off offering, you know, tentatively offering him around for to uh, to clubs for you know eighty to hundred million. It doesn't. Um, it's much easier for a maximum or somebody in those fringes to go. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, it's going to be business done. Uh, we will wait and see what happens. Lots of people joking on that uh, these Saudi feeder clubs are going to be uh, buying Jeff Hendrick for 90 million, etc. <laughs> well, what I would say on that, Steve, is like, I, I, and you know, I like to try and try and be the sort of voice of common sense to people out there because people have a laugh, you get carried away, and all that kind of thing. At this stage, my understanding is none of this is even connected, really. It's just the same yeah. owners. It was part of. There was a lot of people that I talked about this briefly on Twitter. You only get a certain amount of characters. But I mentioned that all the talk around the takeover, obviously, and everybody knows who watches this show regularly, is that I was really abreast of things that were going on, not just from a takeover perspective, but, but sort of from the Saudi side of things, uh, geopolitical things, etc. And one of the big things that surprised many experts and analysts in the region was that why would they go and buy a football club that isn't in Saudi Arabia and create a mini empire in another country? Obviously, there are reasons for it. Sports washing, everyone will throw that one. Image, it's all about the image. It's all about success. It's all about prestige, um, which you can't really achieve with the, the type of thing that's going on with the league in Saudi Arabia, although it's by far the strongest league in the Middle East um, and, and vociferous football population. But the idea was the Saudis wanted to build something as a grander plan and build something really positive with real foundations in their country. And we're only just now starting to see what that actually means, that they want their teams to be the best, not necessarily paying for somebody else, a team in another country to be the best. But there are trade-offs in buying a Premier League football club or a Serie A football club or team wherever. Um, La Liga would be another, um, but yeah, I think I think it's important to yes, we can have a laugh, we can have a joke, um, but I would be very careful about sort of thinking them as you know, saying there are feeders or, or they're, they're linked clubs, or I mean that that could change, but it kind of ticks a lot of the boxes with the early strategy that was suggested when people were questioning why would they. Why would they buy put money outside when they're essentially they want to build within? And we're seeing the the foundations of a, of a country now set to build from within. Okay, uh, let's move on to some of the questions in the chat. Question for Liam: uh, Could Newcastle spend eight hundred million and still be on the right side of financial fair play, or am I missing something? Says Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's been looking at what Chelsea spent. Yeah, you're definitely missing something. The, the revenues at Newcastle United aren't very big at all when you put it in a, a turn. So, so you're just going to have that over a three-year period, trading off with other expenditure and things that go on. No, Newcastle United is nowhere near being able to spend anything remotely close to that. Okay. Uh, will stadium expansion be close to the top of the club's agenda? And when is there likely to be significant movement on this? With the demand way outstripping supply, surely the sooner the better, says John. Yeah, the sooner the better, but these things take time. It's not something you can just click your fingers and say, right, get the builders in tomorrow and start start taking things down and putting things up. I think this will be years down the line. I wouldn't anticipate it'll be anything soon. 
Okay, and next question is from Rob. He says, question for both Liam and Steve. What's your thoughts on the likely ASM sale? On one hand, I'm gutted for the lad, the fact we finally made Champions League. Yeah, ASM, we, we spoke about this, didn't we, a little bit earlier this morning on the phone about the uh, the post that ASM put out on his social media. And it was, it was you know, it, it, was, it could have been taken in one way or the other. Me and you both took it as a bit of a, a farewell. Um, and an explanation as to why he was going, um, and a little thank you to those who supported him, and a little, well, you know, I've had a, a tough year kind of thing, and, you know, it, adios, uh, not everybody's going to like us, I understand that. So you took it in the same way. What, what's your thoughts on on a sale, well, William? There was loads of angles, so I'll talk about the statement first. There was loads of angles. There was, there was like almost him going, hello, I'm still here, I'm a part of this. There was part of it saying, I see you, I see you all, the critics. That's what, essentially what he was saying at the start. There was a bit of, oh, I might be, I think this could be the end. Then there was, but I'm a little bit determined to come back and, and make sure that I succeed. I love this club, I love you fans who have supporters. That caveat, because obviously he's talking about largely the critics, explained that he's had some troubles, troubles outside of football. Um, that's meant he struggled a bit this season. Mentioned that he's had injuries, which he can't really uh, complain about because it's it's just part of football, and he has had a really unfortunate, um, unfortunate time. I managed to spend it was during the the winter break. Uh, spoke with it was actually he's been here years, but it was a funny situation with COVID. Uh, mix zones, not really doing them that often to be honest at all really anymore because just let you into a little bit of an industry secret people don't really read player interviews anymore <laughs> page views wise like they're, they're probably one of the worst performers that you have in our industry with regards to page views a little bit of an insider thing there so so it's not really ever been top of my agenda to, to sort of chase player interviews anyway Managed during the winter break to spend a little bit of time in an interview with Alan St. Maximin. Um, I actually never wrote anything from it. A lot of other people did. It was where the Marcus Turam links originally came from. Um, it was it was an engaging conversation and it was the first time I'd spoken to him and I've not spoken to him since. But I actually found him quite a fascinating character. Um, really quite intoxicating when you were talking to him. Very, very, it was a bit of charm and I quite really enjoyed. I really enjoyed speaking to him. Actually, um, a very, very clever, very clever, clever player. Um, a lot between the years, and that's why I would. I'm always kind of. I always fall back on the idea when I see something on social media with regards to Alan St. Maximin. Very much like he's he's a much more visible version of the type of thing that Rafa Benitez used to do. You'd speak to Rafa, and or Rafa would do things. And you would kind of the, the ultimate politician. You'd never really be sure what part you were on the chessboard, but you knew you were in a game. Um, you just weren't sure what the end result could be or, or who was moving around where. I think with Alan Maximin, he's a little bit more uh, okay. social media savvy. Yes, you just and, and I think everything has a reason and a meaning. And I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I think a lot of people buy it and and, and he accepts that. And that's probably the people that he wasn't criticising. It's maybe the people that don't, that he was maybe sort of throwing a bit of shade on. Look, let's go go to the sale itself thing. I've, I think I've probably said enough on the, the post, um, which, like I said, I said to you earlier, and I'll say again, it was hard. I don't think it was necessarily a, a definitive goodbye, but it was hard not to read it like that, um, given the tone given the broader context that we have as well. And I think he knows that as well. So whether he's sitting there saying, I've got them on strings or that, that was exactly what I meant to do, get everybody talking about me, me, me at, at a point when nobody was, it may be something totally different. It may be in a genuine, look, I'm going to knuckle down now and get on with it. It didn't read like that, but it could have been. And it could easily have been also, look, I've had a good time here. I wish you all the best, but I'm probably going to see the end of my days here over the course of the next window. Could easily have been any one of those three. With regards to sale itself, uh, like I said on the show before, he was available last summer, so it isn't it isn't something that I think he's not a player who Newcastle aren't open to selling. Put it that way, and that's been the case for around twelve months. 
um, for a various number of reasons. I think we've all discussed those reasons. I think we can all see those reasons. Um, my main issue isn't anything to do with the player himself. It's more a squad building exercise. I think he's got unique talents um, that, that can work in a squad, but but when you're trying to build a squad to fight on a certain number of fronts, you still need reliable players who are definitely going to be fit and available for you. And his fitness record over the course of the last three seasons hasn't been anywhere near good enough. Like, that's not right. Can't say not good enough because you can't. It, it can't be his fault a lot of the time with some of the injuries that you get. But it just if you're trying to say, look, if Alan, if, if I know, if, even if I know he's not be starter, if I know Alan St. Maxim is going to be fit, and I mean. Premier League, Eddie Howe Premier League fit every week, ready to go, and he's on my bench. I'd be, I'd love to keep him. Love mm. as a player. And this but, is following on from like the end of the season where he's wearing a Newcastle top on a running machine. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So it, 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 it's, it's not the first subliminal message we've had uh, from him. This one's more of a statement. So, and again, it's left us all scratching our heads, you know. And and I think we spoke earlier about Harvey Barnes, that comparison that we'd spoken about uh, last Tuesday on the show, which is then, you know, built. it's grown a few legs and people have started looking at different things. But the Harvey Barnes one's an interesting comparison. He was playing in a relegation team. He scored more goals. He got more assists than, than ASM. Um, and I think ultimately it's, I know people don't like, you know, ASM fans don't like hearing Malcolm saying it, but... That's what you get judged on as a creative winger. You know what I mean? You get judged on goals and you get judged on assists. And I think you said, how many goals did he score in his best season in a black and white shirt? Like, I don't know. I, I wasn't, did you say I was, four or five? Did you say four or five? It wasn't a statistic, actually. No, I can probably quickly look it up, but I would guess it would be a max of five, six in his mm-hmm. best season. Um, yeah. And you get run-of-the-mill run wingers in the Premier League now are getting those as regular, regular, regular figures. And if you then trade it off saying, well, he only scores three or four goals a season, but he gets 10, 12 assists, though, then you trade it off and say, all right, well, you know, that's that's what he does. But that statistic isn't really high either. Um, he's about more than that. He is about more than that when he plays because he is such a such a threat that he ties people up. Um, there's that fear factor still with defenders because they know they can get turned inside out by him. But I think Eddie Howe really hit the nail on the head. He doesn't often talk about players, very rarely talks about players' uh, fitness in certain ways. And I think he said it's up to, it's up to Alan St. Maximin, is what he kind of said, paraphrasing him at the end of the season. Basically, he said it's up to him to decide whether he's got a future at this football club. And if Alan St. Mm-hmm. Maximin doesn't feel wanted because of that, doesn't feel loved, then that's his prerogative. He's not, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, Probably not going to get a fan base that adores him so much anywhere. You were right with five, Liam. Uh, five was his yeah. most amount of goals in a season for Newcastle. Yeah, and and if you look at the stats on how many games he started, it's it's you're basically saying a player who is a maximum. Um, I would like. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, that penalty's going to live on, you know, it's going to live on. <laughs> uh, so everybody, everyone's here, 12 goals and 11, uh, 111 appearances. Yeah, 19 assists. It's, it's not a great record. Um, Look, if you put Harvey Barnes, right, you put Harvey Barnes and you put Alan St. Maximin and you set a number of skill drills or you had to beat one-on-ones, defenders, Alan St. Maximin, like Harvey Barnes couldn't lace Alan St. Maximin's boots. But if you ask somebody to score goals, get in positions to score goals and also lay goals on for other people, Alan St. Maximin can't lace Harvey Barnes's boots on the last season. Not even close. So I'm not saying Harvey Barnes the answer. It was just an example we were talking about this morning. But, you know, as a creative player in the Premier League, he needs a bigger output. Um, and I think that's largely down to his fitness issues, that we haven't seen that kind of output. Because every time he seems to get ahead of steam in a, in a little run of games, when he's doing well, he gets an injury and he's out for four weeks and then he's not back in the team. So I think he's been a bit unlucky in that respect, but I think he could help himself more, which is what I think Eddie Howe was hinting at at the end of last season. You're on mute, mate. Yeah, sorry. With the SM, I wonder if he trains properly, warms up, looks half-hearted. Does this potentially cause injuries? Yeah, it might do, Les. You know, you just we don't know. We never get to the mystery of these bizarre. 
you know, by bandages and all that. It's it's just it's it's all a strange stuff. Anyway, um, let's move on from ASM. Uh, we'll spend hours talking about him uh, over the course of the summer and just know it uh, until his situation is resolved. Afternoon, Stephen Liam, and all good to see. We are looking at youth with Minty. Uh, the lad from Port Vale, etc. Liam, do you think there's almost a separate budget for the younger signings, says Steve? So I'm, I'm not having any clarity on that, but I was. It's funny, Steve. I had exactly uh, the same thought last night when I was sort of thinking about us. That I wonder if there is a, a part of this budget set aside to beef up that that layer. It's it's a it's a beefing up of the layer really between the two teams, between the development squad and the 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 full squad. I'd be surprised if you pay six million quid for a lot to play development league football. It's not really going to happen. So you're kind of almost beefing up players to come in and go straight out on loan, uh, as we've seen with Kual and we'll likely see with a few others at the sign this summer. But yeah, it's an interesting point. It's not one I actually know the answer to, but you would think that probably is the case. Yeah, those stats there, by by the way, were quite interesting, which somebody uh, just posted. Let me get them back. Dan, thank you. Harvey Barnes, 35 goals, 25 assists in 146. I, I, you know, that far, that, that's almost double what ESM's got in, in, yeah, fair enough, 30 less games. But it's it just shows, you know, it's still more goals. It's, it's 35 goals as opposed to, you know, 12. Um, well, so maximum in the same period won't have 25 assists. No, it's it's crazy. It, 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 maximum, it is maximum maximum and assists in a season. It's again five, six, seven. It's not. It isn't producing a huge amount of goals for other players. Nor is he scoring a lot of goals. So it's one of them that you've really got to weigh up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Any idea when the documentary is due out, Liam? Is there, has there been any kind of official stuff on that? I don't think that has, has there? Uh, I always said August before the season, so that only gives them. I mean, the start of the season is twelfth. So I think it'll be the first week of August, I would imagine. There's only four episodes, I think, as well. So there's not, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's a huge, not a huge series, and they'll probably all come out simultaneously. You know, the first one will come out, and then you'll be able to watch them all together, but like you could with the uh, the Sunderland uh, documentary. Uh, Liam says, Tom, would you have Tim Krull back at the club? Lots of talk about uh, players potentially coming back, depending on what we need for the Champions League, and depending on who goes out. Goalkeeper is a big thing, of course. Fraser Foster, another one being mentioned, Liam. Yeah, as I again, it's one of those. It depends, really. I mean, if you need if you need to take that quota, then Tim Crow takes that quota. I think he'd be a popular signing to come back to the club. I doubt he would really play any games, but I think it would be a, a win. You'd imagine he'd be reasonably happy to come back, having spent here uh, spent his formative years as a as a sort of young man and upwards, um, young family, etc., and things like that. Would would be happy to come back. Um, but when you think about it, I mean, there's a lot made of this. This I don't know how it's actually officially termed, but the four players I think that's got to be in the squad that have that tick the box that were coached at the club between the ages of I don't know, it's something like early teens to late teens or early twenties. It's something like that. Um, again, apologies for not doing the exact homework, expecting that question. Uh, but there are, I mean. They've made it clear that they're probably going to keep Paul Dummett. He ticks one. If Gillespie stays as one of the four keepers, there's no reason why he couldn't name Gillespie as one of the... in the Champions League squad, but not a Premier League squad. We've seen him in and out of squads this season. Could easily be done there as well. Uh, then beyond that, you've got Sean Longstaff, who ticks the box, who was a massive part of the team, never mind the squad. And then you've got Lewis Miley, who's kicking in and around the team anyway. That's four. So I, I'm not really sure that they're probably going to need many to tick that box, but let's wait and see. Yeah, lots of people there uh, yesterday suggesting Matty Longstaff might have his contract extended. I mean, it wouldn't surprise us to see the club do it to help him with his recovery, as Tom's yes. suggesting there, because that's what they said that we're going to, you know, that we're going to look after him and get him back to full fitness, and then decide. You know what what the course of action was, but um, yeah, I think that would be it, won't it? I think I think they may well do that, and of course, you know, as a statistic at the club, he, he would be one of those players who, you know, may help depending on personnel going in and out. I think I think Eddie Howe's made his mind up on Matty Longstaff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the injuries just probably extended his stay at the club a little bit longer than than had been initially anticipated potentially. Um, but I think as with Isaac Hayden. 
uh, as with Jeff Hendrick and others, who will be coming back to the club, they'll not be coming back to be part of the first team squad. That'll be my suggestion on Matty Longstaff as well. Okay. They are, uh, they are sorry, somebody just mentioned uh, Elliot Anderson. How could I forget? So that's what I mean. It, it's a mute point, really, because it, it, we might not even need anybody to tick those boxes. Um, and that might even be with sending a Miley on loan or or even potentially getting rid of a Gillespie. You might still have you might still have enough players in that squad anyway. There was another question on Twitter from John Mockler. He said, um, why have the club taken so long to sort the season ticket renewals out? I called the club and they said it was soon. Seems to be a bit of moving and shaking, isn't it? I mean, I think there's been a new a new bar announced. Uh, the, the corporate end has now been announced. I think, uh, is it the rooftops, I think? I've seen something on a WhatsApp group today about that, which I'm not sure if that's an official announcement or whether it's something which has been picked up by somebody. I'm not sure. But anyway, that there is there is a little bit of movement. We've got the seat, the standing area going in. So I guess maybe there's the, it, it's just one of those things. That, you know, it, it's taking a little bit more time because of... Because of Movement of supporters around the ground. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Unfortunately, I wish I could could give any details on it, but it's not really something that that I have a massive amount of information on with regards to seating. But I'm pretty sure it's something I could put a question in if needs be. Yeah, be good if you could find maybe something something out about that. That would be good. You know what I mean? I, I, in fact, if anybody's got questions about certain things, uh, I, I must push it towards uh, supporter services at nufc.co.uk because. Liam's got a busy enough job as it is without, um, you know, having to go to the club with every single question. There is is people at the club. There are people at the club who actually answer you these days. You've just helped us there because I'm kind of open the door there to anybody just asking us anything, didn't I? And I'll end up being dated. To be honest, somebody, somebody, well, I get lots of inboxes on different forms of social media. Uh, some of them are polite, uh, but some, some of no, them are uh, not. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, the, the, quest, the questions that I guess asked, I, I always say to people contact supporter services at nufc.co.uk. And I have found, um, not to me surprised, because this is something easy, it's an easy fix. Those people at the club are doing a good job, they are getting back in touch. Somebody had mislaid the paperwork for their stone that they bought at St James's where you where we could all buy a stone outside the ground and put your name and or a family name on and they couldn't remember where theirs was and there's there's hundreds of them of course uh so I just pushed them in that direction and they got an answer within an hour so there you go well done Newcastle United they've sorted that out and that is is great news um, to hear that you know those kind of things can be sorted, whereas that would have just lain in an inbox for years, and no one would have ever got back to the guy. So he was he was delighted. Uh, Scott, um, continuing on the ticket theme, says, uh, "Hi guys, do you think tickets for away games this season will be charged changed charged changed to a slightly different format? A chance for members and season ticket holders to build up points, maybe a percentage kept back." I've seen something. I don't know whether Liam will have. Liam was off last week. But I've seen something with regards to, obviously, the new ideas uh, that they are bringing in for tickets at home. So we know we're going to a digital service. We know that that's going to come in this season. Um, But there was a a little thing that came back from the uh, advisory panel's uh, meeting on the Tuesday that they they are going to address away tickets in due course. So that's your answer, Scott. Uh, it will be something that they look at. Whether that will be a change to how you can apply for them or what, I don't know. But they are the club are aware, of course, of you know people aren't as happy as they as, as they could be about away tickets. So it's a case of wait and see. Vince asks a serious question. He says, "When is Messi coming, Liam?" Uh, whenever. Whenever he's allowed to be loaned here by by whoever he signs for in Saudi Arabia, no, I think ah, he's ah, no, that's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> that's I think he's going, there. A journalist says, yeah, I think he's going to America, isn't he? If he can't go to Barcelona, he's going to America. Is that not the I suggestion? Just, I, was, I was hoping he was going to go to another club in the Champions League because I'd love to see him at St James's. We end up with him at St James's just to, just playing against him, just be great to see. You've seen him, you know. We've seen Ronaldo a few times, but uh, I was hoping, yeah. I was hoping he might turn up at one of the Saudi clubs. And we might see a little friendly in the summer. Yeah, possibly. It's a good shout. We'll wait and see. Watch this space. Does Liam think the attacks on us will lessen with PIF joining forces with the PGA Gulf? Not on your Nelly, Paul. There's always going to be somebody having a pop. 
I don't know, like it's probably going to be quite good as they take over world sport. The, 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 it should lessen, shouldn't it? But uh, I think when it comes to a Premier League perspective and the only focus really has been the negativity has been pretty much in this country. I don't think we're ever going to really lose that. Um, although golf is quite a reasonably, reasonably sized participation sport in this country and has some, is from these aisles. It doesn't still, uh, in this country, still doesn't uh, warrant the same column inches as football anywhere close to. So I think, I don't think that's going anywhere soon. More positivity. Uh, Dan says, mind the club have been incredible sorting my season tickets out for this year. They've had to be name changed for bereavement. They took a few days to reply, but the response was perfect. Dan, yeah. good news. And this is, this is it. Look, the club are doing a hell of a job. You know, and there will be times when they make mistakes. There will be times when they upset people. But overall, the club and the new owners are doing a great job. And there's a lot of people still there from the old Ashley era as well who have to adapt to the new ways. And, and you know, Rome wasn't built overnight. That's a, a phrase which is well used. So give the give the club in a... Yeah, I think, Steve. Well, yeah, it wasn't built... It certainly wasn't built in a day and it wasn't built overnight either. So I've just oh, kind of new... Hey, I've just kind of new phrase. I like it. I think we should it's use a, that. It's a rapism. It's a rapism. <laughs> um, people are here. Athens that. wasn't built overnight or something. You should just slightly change it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, copyright uh, Liam Kennedy, though, that one. Um, yeah, Japan wasn't built overnight. No, it doesn't sound right. Uh, Tom <laughs> Dixon says, Liam, are you going to watch Sam Fender this weekend or Pink? <laughs> oh, I'm not going either. <laughs> I'm devastated, to be honest. Uh, you've you missed out on tickets for Pink. Really, I was really looking forward to going to the stadium of life this weekend. And <laughs> I just haven't been able to get tickets. Uh, but no, I, I was, I had, I, I've had opportunities to get tickets for Friday. Um, incredible day. And nah, I'm, I'm a bit skint at the moment. It's that time of the month when I'm heading towards payday. I can't yeah. quite afford it. But and we've had a couple of offers from PRs. There's a couple of my team going. I've mm. tried to get an extra ticket like in the last week. It's not working. It's not happening. Saturday still isn't isn't a rule out. That's what I'll say. All right. Um, but I'm not, I don't think it's promising. Yeah, just fly a plane over. Yeah, yeah, I could get yeah. One of those, get one of those planes. Um can't get in with me press pass. I think yeah. I think I'll get knocked away at the door. Uh, question for Liam any news on the probable timing of transfers of the lads leaving Leicester Chelsea etc is it 30th of June 2023 for financial fair play purposes normally the first big moves have a domino effect well that's certainly right Benny yeah yeah. the second bit I agree with the first bit I don't really have any inside knowledge on at all so yeah okay deals will happen when they happen certain clubs will have certain things lined up some won't I suggest Newcastle United are, are fighting in a market and Eddie Howe's hinted at that, that it's a reduced, it's a limited amount of players that they're actually going for who they think will massively improve the team, which is yeah. what they want to do this summer. So, no, I don't think, uh, I think we'll just wait and see. It, it could, I, I would have, again, I'd have to suspect it'll probably be, probably be later business with some of it. And that's just the way these things are. Uh, question for Liam, why haven't Newcastle gone for any of their top targets? Do you know who they are, right? Because uh, if Liverpool can sign McAllister early with permission from Brighton, are we just not good at transfers? Tell us who the top targets are, race is the question I'm going to ask you, because none of us know. Um, we speculate, um, but we none of us know who the top targets are. Newcastle will do their business very, very sensibly, as they have done in the previous few windows. And I think that's that's the answer. It's, and I don't think I'm going to get a different answer off you on that, Liam. No, I'm not really. I'm not, I'm not even really going to comment on it. I think judge them at the end of the window. It doesn't really matter when you sign the players as long as you sign them. Yeah. And um, Mark Hall says, did you uh, see the new strip? Well, it was an uh, alleged new strip leak, um, which a couple of the YouTube channels have gone uh, public with. Uh, I know Adam Pearson did a, a video on it and I've seen the uh, the retrospective photographs, etc., cetera, uh, with uh, the potential sponsor on. Um, we've, we've talked about it on this show, but, you know, if if the if the rumours are right, we've only got two days to wait until it's a big reveal. But if that's the strip, do you like it, Liam? If that is the strip, yeah, I love it. It's got probably eighties theme about it. Do you know, I think I do. Yeah, I like. I mean, they've got the stripes right. The first thing I look at on a new strip is this is the stripes, and you get that right, then the rest is easy. Um, yeah. I do quite like the sponsor. If that is the sponsor as well, it looks really good. Um, black white. It's, it's I just, the black white makes it different. Obviously, we don't see the back of it. 
Um, I'm never a fan of red numbers on a re on our strip, um, and I know there has been red numbers in the last, you know, the last so many. It, you know, it, it, it comes up. I'm just not a fan of it. I just prefer to have a, I just prefer to have a different type of number, a good old fashioned white number or black number or whatever looks best on that particular shirt, and depending on the design on the back, that's what I like to see. Yeah, I'm told it is the kit. So there you go. I'm told it is the kit, and it was it was. Uh... It was the, the images that, that they've got, the official launch images had to be photoshopped because the sponsor hadn't been done. So it's it's quite a... I, I don't think it looks great for Castoria. It's a proper shabby Photoshop job. I'm not a, I'm not a massive... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm an expert. I couldn't do it. But I think mm -hmm. you can employ people to do it slightly better than what it looks on there. It's the color, the color, the colors wrong. It's too black almost, too white. Just it just doesn't look right, but it's it, it it was circumstance. They've been they've been trying to get through this deal as I mentioned a few weeks ago. It wasn't quite done. They were getting things through. It is done now, and we're just waiting on the big announcement. Like I mentioned a few weeks back, June the 9th was always the working day, but I was told there was two working dates. Uh, but I was told the information on the 9th was what my sources were very very close to the mark. So let's just keep our fingers crossed for Friday. I think it'll make for quite a Quite a big day getting all that, all those sort of bits and bobs announced. The Blaine races, the Sam Fender. I think it'd be great. So hopefully it does come through on Friday. Barry Corpses with, with white socks. With white socks, yeah. All right, lads. Big Dom Madders Tierney over staggered payments of 150 million pound budget. What do you think? Uh, who's Big Dom? Um, slobber lobber Oh, him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love him. I think he looks the business. I think he looks the business. So if they get him and strengthen reasonably in other areas, I think they'll be massively improved. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Okay. Uh, hi, David. Uh, he says, hi, Steve. Hi, Liam. What would you say is the minimum transfer business we would need to do to get us to January? The minimum? Um, I think we could get away with three players, but it's it's a risk. Like It really is a risk. Uh, on, I think I think they need four minimum, really, but I think it, they could probably get away with three, but then you just need luck on injuries, and it depends which three they sign. Um, that's that's my answer. Um, I th you know, But it's got to be the right players, it's got to be the right characters, and it's got to be for the right price, David. It's as simple as that. The ethos won't change in this transfer window or the next. If it changes in the next, it'll be for a reason. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think maybe three, um, depending on who goes out, of course. That would be the bare minimum for me. And the, the bare minimum would be a left back using the idea that Dan Byrne can then cover centre half, uh, a midfielder and a forward player who can play in any of those positions. That would be the three priorities. Then beyond that, I like this. Somebody's been on a translator online. He's done well, Tom. Like somebody did it the other day. Now he spelled it differently. Zabosli. Zabosli. I, I keep forgetting this. And that's why I know something like Zabosli. Yeah. yeah. It's why I keep getting it. And that's why Vince says I sound like a flower pot man. You're right, mate. Uh, Zabosli. Zabosli. Dominic's better. Yeah. I like it. Big Dom. We'll do Big that. Dom. Big Dom. <laughs> Zabosli. Um, we've got 19 million for wood, says Benny. And uh, four million loan fee plus fifteen million pound transfer, six million pound net cost to deal us out. I don't think they did actually. Yeah, I think that's a bit high. Okay, as uh, Bosley is my number one, says Les. Um, yeah. Five for me minimum to kind of phrase. Left back, uh, defensive midfielder, attacking midfielder, forward, and we need the club trained sub keeper sorted. Okay, uh, Ian, I'm not even going to read that out, mate. How is it? Chris Wood fans only on this channel. Um, Scott says, um, who's the one player that you would like Newcastle to sign this summer in the transfer window? If you could only pick one, who would it be realistically, of course? Zubozlai? Well done, Zubozlai. Yes, Zubozlai, Zubozlai. Uh, Liam, do you think we'll sign Diaby, says Tom? Been linked long enough. I think, I think a return to PSG was seeming more on the cards, but it's a player that's on the list. And as we know, with previous deals, Botman, Isak, Newcastle, they aren't scared to go back into the list and go back for players that have shown previous interest. He's a player they've massively shown interest in. So is James Madison. 
information on that was that James Madison wanted Tottenham, but Tottenham dropped off a cliff uh, at the back end of last season. That and obviously fell out of Europe, but that situation might have changed with regards to Madison. He might now look at it and say, a new manager, if a new manager wants him, be quite a good statement for them to go get somebody like James Madison. Um, he wants to go to London as a, as a primary uh, option this summer. So, yeah, that's kind of, I've just, I've just thrown a few little bits of bits that I know they're out, but that's, that's kind of mm-hmm. where we're at. A lot of moving parts. There's so many moving parts in this thing. And we're mm-hmm. talking about people who change their minds, who situations change. James Madison could wake up tomorrow and say, actually, never mind London. I cannot wait to be on the bridges of the time. He might suddenly just decide that's what he fancies. I don't know. You just don't know with anything. Anybody can change their mind and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think with so many moving parts, it's very difficult until a deal gets to a certain point to say whether it's going to happen. I don't necessarily think or I haven't. If if there is, I haven't got the information on it. But I don't think from what I've heard, Newcastle at that point. Yeah, uh, Vince says you're sacked, Ian. You're fired, in the words of Alan Sugar. Uh, the Bassman reigns. Uh, nice to see a, a new face in the chat. Just a thought about ASM comparisons with Barnes and ASM is apples and oranges. Yes, ASM hasn't had a great season with injuries and personal issues, which he mentioned. But ask Kyle Walker who we would rather play against. Well, again, yeah, it is a good point. Yeah. Turn them inside out. Yeah. But, but to be honest... If you put the two of them up, Kyle Walker plays every week. Uh, Harvey Barnes plays every week. Yeah, and Maximum doesn't, and it's a big problem. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 about reliability and building a squad and building a team, and and he's not really been much of a part of either this season. Yeah, uh, Benny got that from a foreign a Forest fans site. Um, do you know what the number? It's homework for next week. Try and find out. I guess Liam, if you don't, if we don't know exactly. No, so I'd, when when it was originally announced, I was told it wasn't quite as high as what people were suggesting. So that's what I'm putting that off. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I was led again. This I don't know this definitively, but I was led to believe it was a fifteen all in, not a fifteen plus. Okay. So I think that's probably closer to where. where Very we're rare as well that we we'll actually get the stats from transfers. It's no, weird. No. You know, once upon a time it used to be, oh well, it's X amount and that's it, but. It's trying to get blood out of a stone, you know, because Look, at the end of the day, how they've getting 15 million for Chris Wood. I'm not going to criticize him, I'm not going to go there, but incredible. <laughs> uh, think we'd go back in for a good TK. No, simple answer. I just, I just don't. I mean, like I say, that the, the thing that it does take is they go back down their list, they will revisit players, he ticks those boxes. I just you don't hear great things about about the player and about his yeah. attitude and about uh, stuff around the game, not necessarily just his game. I just I'd be surprised is all I would say. Before I come to John's que- uh, question, I did I did uh, tell you earlier on as well. We've got Barry Hogan. Um, you know he's had to take time off work. He's locked in a room now uh, doing spreadsheets for NUFC matters until September the first. Topping up how many players we've been linked with, and on Monday it was 116. <laughs> by the time I met, by the time I had a message of him on Tuesday, there was another 16. It was 132 on Tuesday. Imagine what numbers we're going to have by the first of September, Liam. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we might struggle with regards to FFP if we're going down that route, carrying the wages of of an extra. 100 players not able to be named in the Premier League or Champions League squad would be a tough one to sell the sort of money makers in PIA. But yeah, I think it's it's transfer silly season. Anything goes at this time of year. And like I always say, just be careful who you trust and who you really listen to. Because I see a lot of fans get so carried away about certain things. I mean, it was literally breaking as I came on the show last week about that the, the Vega from uh, Celta Vigo. My answer on that was, I'd heard him mentioned a while back, but couldn't really give any information. I, I mean, by Thursday, I see Newcastle United fans, this will be my team next year, and he's in the team. People get so taken away by like the idea when it gets linked. 
It's probably Suzanne Vega doing a gig at a student union somewhere in Newcastle and somebody said, oh, Vega's coming to the tune. That's what happens, <laughs> isn't it? That was that infamous yeah. uh, infamous chronicle story where it was Socrates was coming and it was a student band playing at the university. Absolute classic. And they went with a story, back page, Socrates for Newcastle. I mean, dear God. Uh, you how are you dirty on uh, John Gibson? Yeah, not Gibson. I never Gibson. mentioned him. I never <laughs> mentioned him. <laughs> Oh, great. No, John's, John's not going to be happy. Nah, he, <laughs> he, he does laugh about that. We'll have spoken about it on the show. John says, uh, how important is it to do transfer business early to bed signings in for the start of the season? I'd say very important. I think Eddie would want as many in as he can before he, he gets on the plane to America. Two parts to this. Uh, in an ideal world, how important is it? It's essential. The earlier you get players in, the earlier they can train with the team, get used to the surroundings, like starting a new job. Anybody starts a new job tomorrow, you never... I mean, some people might be totally different. I know when I start a new job, you probably don't really see the the, the proper version of me for a little while into the job because you've got to settle in. You've got so much going on. Then the true character and true ability of somebody comes out. I think that's the same with footballers. So you essentially want to get somebody used to your way of working, your processes, get them in early. But we don't live in an ideal world. So the second part of this is that doesn't mean anybody should be panicking if we don't make any early signings because that's not really the way the game works. They're going to make signings this summer and they're going to try and get the players that they want. And whether that happens on the last day of the window or the first is largely irrelevant because even with the last day of the window, there's still probably about 95% of the season still to play. Everything's still to be won and lost. Champions League doesn't start till September. Nothing to panic about. Yeah, OK. Um, what would you think of Candy if a centre-defensive uh, midfielder? Ian would like him. I think he's um, I think he's gone over the hill. I think he's injuries. I think he's proven last season. But I think he's just... And that's harsh. It is. He's still an excellent footballer. But the wages that he would command are ludicrous. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he just doesn't fit in any way, shape or form. Not for me. Any news on Baka, Liam, says Tim Kearns. No, I haven't got any news. I see. I, I don't know where this is coming from. So please, Tim, come in the comments if you've got time and all about shutdown. But uh, I don't know where this Baka stuff's coming from. Don't know. I don't know. It, it could have been somewhere in the continent. I'm not sure, but I've not seen it. Yeah, I like Suzanne Vega. Um, I, I do, Benny. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not having a go at her. But I'm just saying <laughs> she wouldn't be much good in a uh, black and white shirt for Newcastle. I don't think. I uh, feel like we could deal with a few more lefties in the squad. Keep politics out of it, Johnny. Um, oh, left wing, as you mean, right? Okay, I see where I see where you're coming from. Uh, just a little announcement. Uh, we're hopefully going to have a date for a bit of a get together. Me, Liam, and the lads from the Gazette are going to be doing a, a talking. Uh, we're going to get where uh, sync our diaries. Hopefully, a few of you guys who are in the chat will be up for it uh, to to join us for a pre-season chat. Uh, in aid of the food bank. Uh, watch this space. Uh, we're going to synchronise with diaries and come back to you. But if uh, everybody would like to come, it's going to be quite a cheap affair. And uh, None of us are going to take any money from it. We're just going to give all the money to the food bank at the start of the season. And uh, we'll donate it into the bucket on a match day. So the Rubens double it, hopefully, uh, which would be good. So keep an eye out for that date. We'll hopefully announce that next Tuesday. Liam, just give a quick plug, mate, to uh, everything that you do and where people can find you. Well, yeah, I'm not on here much these days, or not as much as I used to be. Um, so people might not know there's a lot been a lot of change with me, um, a lot of change. I'm now actually, I used to, when I first came on the show, I was merely a football writer for the Shields Gazette. Weirdly, don't know why they picked me, but I'm actually editing their whole thing now, um, the online operation, um, obviously the newspaper itself, which goes back the oldest, the oldest uh, publications in the UK. Um, but I'm still doing Newcastle World as well, so keep showing your support in Newcastle World. You'll not get much better Newcastle content than what you get on Newcastle World. Um, incredible, especially considering it's just one man who does it most, uh, Jordan Cronin. What a workhorse, good quality as well, and good lad. And, and that's another thing. I was speaking to him this week, Steve. We were talking about potentially getting him on a couple of shows. I think that would be quite good. Good for him and to give a chance to the NUSC Matters community to sort of meet uh, meet Jordan and, and sort of see what the kind of thing that he does. Yeah, I think great. he's quite similar to me, so I think you'll probably all get on with him. Yeah, he's a great lad. I think we had him on briefly once when you two guys were abroad, and um, you know, he's a lovely guy. Watched his work unloaded as well, which is uh, which has been great. So it'd be great to get Jordan on the on the show. But looking forward to getting out and doing a, a live Q and A with you, um, which which will be a nice season opener. 
I guess for uh, for everybody, we'll keep an eye on the fixtures, of course, which are out very soon, and the uh, the the rest of the preseason will take shape as well. I'm sure there'll be a, a home announcement in due course. Newcastle always like to have uh, a home game. Is Jordan as good as penalties as you, Liam? He scored his as well. Yeah, scored there we go. There we go. Fantastic. He nearly scored in the game, actually. He nearly scored uh, in the game as well. He was, he's, he was decent, Jordan, like. Close but no cigar. All right, Liam, great to catch up with you, mate, as always. Look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. Have a good week. Take care, pal. Cheers. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today.